your hands together. Come on, he needs some help, praise team. Who gonna help? Not like you love Come on, Jesus. Anthony, come help him out. Ashley, y'all come help that man. Oh, hey. Said God is a good God. Yes, he is. Oh, God is a good God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Said God is a good God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, God is a good God. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Said God is a holy God. Yes, he is. Right now, I'm gonna praise him. 
right now. Anybody want to praise him? Anybody want to praise him? Anybody want to lift him? Anybody want to praise him? Anybody want to praise him? Anybody want to lift him? Anybody want to praise him? Come on, somebody. thy servants that with all boldness they speak your word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus and when they prayed the place was shaken where they were assembled and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they begin to speak the word of God with boldness. God says, some of you need to be filled all over again. And I'm going to ask you to come up. Amen. If you want to be refilled, amen, just for a few moments while they praise them, come on up. Come on, don't miss this. Come on, God want to refill you. Come on, you need a refill. Don't be shy, don't be ashamed. This is God. Amen. God want to refill you. All you got to do is let him in. 
Don't even have to touch you. The Bible say while Peter was preaching. The Holy Ghost fell upon him. This means. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. That's a wrap. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Have your way, mighty God, pour out of your spirit upon all flesh, even as you spoke by the mouth of your prophet Joel, that in the last days you would pour out of your spirit on all flesh. Have your way, God, in the name of Jesus. Let it be in our porn, as the Bible says. Thank you, God. As we get ready for the word. you gotta do is let it flow don't worry about how it sound amen the Bible said as they were in one mind and one accord the Bible say the spirit of God rested upon them hallelujah let the spirit of God fill you today hallelujah thank you God glory glory Hallelujah. Yes, Father. Father God, as we get ready for the word, I thank you for what you're doing in this place. God, all we want to do is let you have your way. God, all we want to do is touch your heart. God, and I know that it is your heart, it is your will, for you spoke it. God, you spoke it by the mouth of your prophets, God, that in the last days you would pour out your spirit upon all flesh, all races, all nationalities, all people. God, because you want us to have an intimate connection with you, God. God, you want us to have a deeper connection with you, God. God, you want us to connect with you from our soul, God, from our spirit. And Father, we receive. Breathe upon us, oh God. We receive you, God. God, we receive you today, God. We're not quenching anything you want to do, God. God, we're not quenching anything you want to say, God. God, let every heart, God, that's open, God, receive. God, let every heart that's damaged, God, let it be healed. God, let every heart that's wounded, God, let every heart that's broken. God, let all of the people of God that may be battling depression and mind battles, 
God, any oppression from the enemy, God. God, any sickness in their body. God, for as you pour out of your spirit, the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. God, if there's any sick among us, God, I don't care what it is. God, I don't care if it's cancer. God, I don't care if it's HIV. God, I don't care if it's blood pressure, diabetes, lupus, God. Whatever God is ailing your people, God, when the kingdom of God manifests itself, God, heal and follows it, God. Signs and wonders follow the spirit of God. God, right where they're sitting, oh God, let the virtue of God touch their body right now, God. Heal somebody right now, God. God, someone is waiting on the results of a test. God, heal them right now, God. Touch their bodies by the Holy Ghost. By the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands and receive it. If you need to be healed of any ailment, come on, the virtue of the Lord is in this place. All you've got to do is believe on the Lord Jesus and he can do it. The Bible say when that woman touched him, virtue left out of him. And there's a healing virtue that's descended in this place with the spirit of God. For that is one of the manifestations of the kingdom of God. So don't leave without being healed. Don't leave without being freed. I don't care if it's depression. I don't care if it's clinical depression. I don't care if they went in the lab and gave you a cocktail, showed you exactly which chemicals were in balance. Jesus can fix your mind today. Jesus can take you off of that cocktail and give you a sound mind. Father, every spirit of oppression, depression that's plaguing the mind of those that are calling themselves believers, break it right now, God. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there's complete liberty, freedom from bondage, freedom from sickness, freedom from disease. In the mighty name of Jesus, I believe you, Lord. God say somebody's barren in here and they believing for a child. God say all you got to do is believe. If you believe, God can open your womb. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God said I can open the womb. Hallelujah. He can open and shut. He has the power to do whatever he wants. All you got to do is believe. All you got to do is believe. God said HIV, he can heal it if you believe. God said he don't care what lifestyle you were in, amen, and how you encountered whatever you encountered. But now you're a believer in Christ And he said I can free you from it And not only does he want your soul healed He wants your body healed Hallelujah And not only that The thing that you did that caused you to contract That God said he's forgiven you of it He said go and sin no more Hallelujah Thank you Lord Let the worst thing come upon you Hallelujah Thank you Father Praise God Praise God. Father, we thank you. God, and as we go into the word, I bind every spirit that would attempt to hinder your word. Father, this message that I'm getting ready to speak, God, that you have put in my heart, planted in somebody right now. 
and let it take root and let nothing hinder your word in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. Y'all give the Lord a hand praise as you take your seat. Hallelujah. I pray that you got whatever you believe in for today. Amen. And if you didn't, amen, that's okay. I remember the Lord Jesus. There was a man sitting by the pool and the water was troubled and he didn't get it that time. <laughs> but Jesus came by and asked him too, will you be made whole? He wanted him he healed. And then another time there was a man in the tombs cutting himself. Jesus made a special trip just to go by the tombs to get one man. So he want everybody that comes in his presence to get an encounter with him. Amen. So even if you don't have the courage to come to the altar when we call, amen, God will meet you where you are. Amen. If you believe, come in and somebody say, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. Hallelujah. How many believers in this? How many of you still believe that God can do signs and wonders and miracles and healing? How many of you know it's the same God of the Bible and he's still alive today? I believe that God want to take you past just praising him in the dance and tongues and all of that. But how many of you know God is ready to take you to a whole nother dimension where the sign should follow your life? Because if you say you're a believer, that should be the word sign just means proof. But there should be some proof that you are a follower of Christ. And Jesus said, these signs or these proofs shall follow them that say they believe in me. Amen. So y'all be ready for it. Don't be afraid. Let him take you there. Praise God. Amen. So let's get into the word today. Let's go to the book of Philippians. The title today is Keep Pressing. Somebody say Keep Pressing. Amen. You've got to keep pressing. How many of you know this is a pressing way? Amen. And you're not going to feel like it all of the time. But you can't stop. And I'm going to walk you through the scriptures today, amen, so you can really understand. That word press, and I want this to get deposited in your spirit because you're going to need it. But that word press means to act upon through steady pushing or thrusting. The force that's invert, exerted in contact. Did y'all hear that? It says to, to act upon through steady pushing or thrusting. Force exerted in contact. Do you know what a thrust is? Do you ever saw those rockets when they're trying to leave the orbit of Earth, when they're trying to go into space? Do you know what's why it's such a challenge and it takes so much energy? Because there's an atmosphere that's keeping that in this sphere here. Amen. But there has to be an exertion of force. It's called escape velocity. Anybody know what escape velocity is? Philosophy is? Deuce, you know what that is? You must be a whiz kid. <laughs> Escape velocity is the amount of speed and force you need to push through a barrier. Amen? And so whenever they were trying to leave that, go on and believe him, Shannon. He's doing it for you. That's God. That's the spirit of God. Believe him for it. Amen. Praise God. So whenever you're trying to leave this orbit, amen, there has to be enough energy. There has to be enough push. There has to be enough force 
for you to escape or you're going to keep hitting that orbit and bouncing back. And a lot of you, that's where you are in your Christian life. You, you go so far and then there's a barrier there and then you're trying to push through that barrier. But God is telling you, you are not pressing hard enough. Because he has granted you the victory. He has given you everything. He has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. But the missing ingredient is you are not exerting the force that you need when you make contact. I love how he said contact because what he's saying is when you're trying to move forward, there's going to be some things you come in contact with. In other words, you're going to feel these barriers. You're going to know that. How many of you ever faced some barriers in the spirit and you've been, it seemed like you've been hitting the same wall. You go so far and then the same thing pops up again. Well, and how many of you ever felt the spirit of God trying to bring you forward, but you didn't feel like pushing that day? And you succumb to just feeling kind of pitiful that day and not praying that day, not studying you didn't feel like fasting. That's where the press comes in. That's where you have to override what you're feeling because you're trying to get somewhere. You have to obtain what you're feeling in your flesh because you're trying to embrace or get God to manifest what he's spoken for you beyond that barrier right there. All right. Let me show you what Paul said about it. The piece of that that definition that stuck out to me was contact. How many of you know there's going to be some spiritual contact? How many of you know sometimes you're you're going to encounter some demonic opposition and you can feel that demonic opposition opposing you? Why you think Jesus said, upon this rock I'm going to build my church and the gates or the demonic opposition is going to come, but it won't prevail. What he was, that word gate is a warfare term, meaning when the enemy comes with everything he has from the kingdom of darkness, like the barricades. You ever saw when they tried to break in the home? Because they got a criminal on the other side and they got these barricades and the task force or whatever. And they got these big old shields and they're trying to push and trying to break that door down. Anybody ever saw that? Task force. Well, that's kind of what Jesus was talking about. You're going to face the enemy coming at you like that to try to get your goods. And when you're trying to move forward, he's going to oppose you. He's going to come through your husband. He's going to come through your children. He's going to come through your boss. And the number one trick I'm learning about the enemy, the Bible said that when he moved up on the serpent in the garden, the reason he picked the serpent was because the serpent was the hardest thing to detect. A lot of you, you're fighting this war and you're not realizing when he moves up on somebody that's so connected to you, you can't see that because it's so subtle. And we need, now we need the church, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. We need God to open the eyes of the church to be able to see when he's coming through your husband. Oh yeah, he can come through your husband. He can come through your wife. He can come through your children. He can come through your boss. He can come through your cousin. He can come through your best friend. He can come through anybody. His number one goal is what is the most subtle way? Who can I influence that is going to be the hardest for them to discern that is me? 
and he takes his time and he studies your relationships and he studies how close you get to somebody and the closer you get to somebody, the more alert you should be that the enemy is going to try to come to you through them. The closer you are to a human, the more you should be on alert. Because that's the hardest one to detect, the influence of the enemy. It happened with Job. The enemy moved up on her heart and she said, curse God and die. Job was in a very severe calamitic moment of his life. And even in his calamity, he still was able to discern. That don't sound like my wife. One of the hardest things for you to do is to discern the devil when you're in calamity. Because that's when you're most vulnerable. And sometimes when you're the most vulnerable, but that's when you're the most emotional. And through those emotions, he can slide in through people you love the most. Because that's the hardest attacks to see. So you're going to be opposed. Oh, yeah, man of God. <laughs> oh, yeah, woman of God. You will be opposed. Hell is going to send everything it can possibly think of to block what's planted inside of you. The objective is to get you to walk away from what's in you. Because the gift of God, that's in you. The call of God, that's in you. <laughs> The ministry, that's in you. When God puts a mantle upon you, he puts it in your spirit. Jeremiah said, I wasn't going to say a word because I'm in prison, I'm in calamity, but that gift that's in me, it took over my being and started preaching. God puts it in you and it becomes engrafted in your spirit what he called you to do. He told Jeremiah, I will put my word in your mouth. And every battle you're facing is because God has deposited or invested something in you. And everything, that, all the motive, all the agenda of the kingdom of darkness is to get out of you what God put in you. That's the end game. So let's look, what Paul, look at what Paul said, Philippians. He said, brethren. He's talking to the church. I count not myself to have apprehended or haven't arrived yet. He said, but one thing I do, I'm forgetting what's behind me and I'm reaching forth unto those things which are where before me. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God that is in Christ Jesus. Now listen to me carefully. When you begin to follow Christ, the scripture says that when you receive the spirit of God, you are baptized into Christ. You are put in Christ Jesus. When you are put in Christ Jesus, there's a new identity that you take upon that with a destiny, with a calling, with something that you have to fulfill, that God births in you when you receive his spirit. It's not just to save your soul. It's a whole package that comes with the spirit of God. And when you're in Christ Jesus, now there's a mark you have to reach for. Amen? Let me break that down for you. 
Let's go over here to John, Gospel of John. Before I do that, let me go to Revelations 21, 10 to 14. Amen. I'm going to show you the end of this, and then I'll go back a little bit. Revelation 21, 10 to 14. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. And he showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. And the city had the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone that was most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. And it had a wall great and high, and it had 12 gates, and it, the gates at each gate were 12 angels. Then there were names written upon them, which are the names of the 12 tribes of the children of Israel. It says, and on the east there was three gates, and on the north there was three, on the south there was three, and on the west there were three. It says, and there was a wall on the city, and it had 12 foundations, and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Who name was on, them, on, them, on the foundation on each stone? It said each stone or each bottom, at the bottom of that wall, on the, on the walls, there were gates and walls, and there was the, 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 the tribes, the 12 tribes were written on the wall. And what that's saying is if you, you come, if you were in this tribe, you flow right here. If you were in this tribe, your entrance is here. If you were in this tribe, the entrance is here. And the Bible says we built on the foundation of the apostles' doctrine. That's what we built on. So right here, you see that Peter's name was on one of them blocks. James' name was on one of them blocks. John' name was on one of them blocks. Matthew' name was on one of the blocks. And what he was saying is, the church is built upon the things the apostles taught. That was the end. That was Peter's mark. Peter's mark was to become one of those stones. Now let's go back and look at when he first met the Lord. Y'all ready to travel with me a little bit? All right. The Gospel of John, chapter 1. And you're going to find yourself in this message. You're going to see it and the point of you to stay with me. And as you stay with me and follow me through this, amen, hopefully you can see your place in this. Amen. John 1, verse 41 and 42. So now we know Peter's mark was to become a stone, right? He finded his own brother Simon, and he said unto him, We have found the Messiah, which is being interpreted the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And when Jesus beheld him, he said, Thou art Simon of Jonah. Thou shalt be called Cephas, which is by interpretation a stone. Y'all hear what the Lord is saying? Your mama named you Simon. And that's what everybody know you as. Everybody know you as Simon. But now that you're hooking up with me, you're going to be called Cephas, or I'm going to make a stone out of you. When he was speaking to him, he was prophesying into his life and giving him his identity in Christ. And that's what you have to learn. 
It's not about what everybody's saying about you. You have to learn, who am I in Christ? Who am I in the family of God? What has God called me to do? And guess what? Once you learn what God has called you to do and who you are in the body of Christ, all kind of opposition is going to break out to cause you to not become a stone. How many of y'all preaching to you already? I'm preaching already. How many of you want to become what you are in Christ? Kathy Conway and Lewis named me one thing, but Christ has called me something different. And guess what's most important? What's more important? That's why when you're born again, you're placed into his family, and you got to let him tell you who you are. And you're going to see the conflict as you walk through this timeline. You're going to see the conflict. And, and let me, let me, let's go to this next passage. So he told Peter, I've called you to be a stone. But was he a stone that first day? Was Peter a stone when he spoke it? Far from being a stone. <laughs> Had all kind of materials mixed in there. Murder was in there. Cussing was in there. Oh, y'all don't hear me today. <laughs> See, he had to become a stone. Jesus said, you shall be a stone. All right, let's go to Matthew 16. Let's walk through this a little bit. And I hope this lifts your spirits up. Amen. You'll get some good view. Matthew 16, verse 13 to 18. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying... Whom do men say that I, the son of man, am? And they all started talking. And they say, some people saying you John the Baptist. Some people saying you Elias. Others saying Jeremiah. A lot of them, they really don't know. They just say you remind them of one of the prophets they read about. So, man, that's just one of the prophets. (laughs) But he turned and he said, but who do you say that I am? (laughs) See, you have to know who Jesus is. Because if you don't know who Jesus is, when this making process starts, you're going to be shaken and tossed and driven away. You got to know who Jesus is for yourself. If you never learn who Jesus is for yourself, when the gates of hell start coming against your life, you're going to start saying some of everything. Peter was sitting there. Now look at the beauty. Now you got to catch this. Ooh, this is beautiful. And Simon, his mama named him Simon. But where did the Peter come from? Jesus. So now as he's moving toward becoming a stone, do you see both names he called now? The Bible said Simon, that old man, Peter, he was starting to get close to Christ. So he was moving toward his identity, but some of that old Simon was still there. So now he was called Simon and Peter. See, God is still calling you and God is still moving you and God is still with you while he's working on you. But here's a danger. He said, you are Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus looked at him and said, blessed art thou, Simon, boy Jonah. 
See, now he's calling them by his mama name. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you. But my father, which is in heaven, and I say also unto you, thou art Peter. Do you see how he switched in this passage? He says, Simon, God has touched you. And God has opened your eyes. See, a lot of times before somebody reached their mark, God can still reveal things to them. <laughs> but it's the religious people that'll say, well, no, you're not all the way Peter yet. You shouldn't be doing anything. I'm pushing through some barriers, too. <laughs> but I'm here for it. I like to press. They pressed us in basketball. I mean, let's press. I mean, the more intense it gets, the more you just got to lock in and focus on what you got going on. Let's press. The only way you're going to get better is when the pressure comes. So now you see him calling him Simon. Then he say, okay, upon this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell not going to prevail. And I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. And whosoever, whatsoever you bind on earth, you're going to bind in heaven. We're going to be in agreement with you. Now we go on to the next passage. From that time forth, Jesus began to show unto his disciples how he must go to Jerusalem. And he started showing them how many things he was going to suffer from church people, elders and priests. See, the more you're trying to get closer to God, the more the religious world, that religious spirit, that's going to be barriers you're going to have to push through from the religious mindset. There is no religion that can contain God. Religion would say, you're not supposed to praise God. It's offering time. And there's rules and bylaws that say, when you move to offering time, the music stops. But the Spirit said, I want some praise. So guess what we're going to follow? We're going to follow what the Spirit said. I don't know what's going to happen, long as it's orderly. That's what Paul said, let everything be done decently and in order. He didn't give you a, a religious script to follow. He said, hey, the spirit of God is intelligent. It's going to move. Just keep it in order. So he turned. Now look, see, that's why you need to be with leadership that's not afraid to let you know, yeah, I see God with you. And God did give you that revelation, but you still need to fix that. Jesus had just lifted Peter up. Then he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you. But then Peter came back and told him, I'm not, I don't think, the Bible said Peter looked at Jesus and rebuked him. This is the same setting here. The spirit of God moved up on him, so now he started to feel good. And guess what the devil saw? An immature person with some pride. See, that's what you got to watch. When God starts using you, but don't think you're already at the mark. He is going to move up on you while those both of you, while you trying to get through and grow and develop. But now look who came. The only, this, this, listen. The only way Satan can move upon you is when he sees something that identifies with his character. 
Because when he see his character, it gives him legal right to influence you. So when he see pride, he's full of pride. So that opens the door for him to move because he sees something that identifies with him. But it was subtle because Peter, because Jesus could have said, man, that's a man of God. Every time he speak, he own. But he knew God and he loved the will of God more than he loved Peter. And when Peter spoke to him, Peter said, he rebuked him and said, you're not going to suffer like that. He looked straight at him and said, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> he said, for you are an offense unto me. What he was telling him is, now you are identifying with my adversary. And if I don't go suffer this, the purpose of God can't be fulfilled. Can you be like Christ and discern when Simon and Peter is in your midst? I think that went over somebody here. That's okay. That's okay. I'm going to say it again. You've got to be spiritual like Christ to discern when your Simon and Peter. In other words, when that person you're interacting with, when they're still growing and developing, sometimes they may be in that Simon mode or that old man mode. And then sometimes they may be in that Peter mode. They may, see, the Bible says the spirit and the flesh are contrary one to another. And this is what you're seeing. You're seeing the spirit and the flesh collide right here in one passage. And you can't be so connected to somebody when they go from the Peter spiritual side back to the Simon mode. You can't detect it. You've got to detect that. Because when they go back in the Simon mode, that's when they're going to try to pull you away from things you should be suffering. It don't take all of that. You shouldn't pray that much. That's Simon. That's not Peter. Oh, I'm trying to help somebody. I don't care who it is. If somebody's influenced you off the will of God, they're in that Simon mode or that flesh mode. You trying to pray? Let's go shop. You know what kind of missiles coming at my head? I don't need to be in the morning to be on my face. Lord Jesus. <laughs> Jesus said, get behind me. For right now you are an offense. Or what you are saying is something that can knock me off. Because look what he said. For thou savorest not the things that be of God, but the things that be of men. And I guess Peter was sitting there like, oh. Beautiful. Beautiful. These are the type of things that's going to happen to you while you are on your way to becoming what Christ has told you you are. <laughs> Amen. Let's go over here to Luke chapter 22. This is so beautiful. Verse 49 to 51. Now I'm going to show you. Boy, this is beautiful. Luke 22, 49 to 51. So now that they got past the point, Jesus told them that there was things he had to go suffer at the hand of the chief priests and elders. And now that they settled that, and now Jesus went into prayer. <laughs> Peter, James, and John, he asked them to go with him. He dropped them. He went into the garden. He began to pray. He got himself ready for what he had to suffer. Amen? Now he comes out of that right there. 
that they had the supper already, the Lord's Supper. But Jesus looked upon his 12 and he said, one of you going to betray me? See, I, I'm learning so much about love and the character of Christ. But the Bible said he knew Judas was going to betray him. Oh, how he loved him. He told him one that's going to dip in the sop. And, but he loved him so much, even though he saw his character, he still was hoping he could get it together. So here comes Judas. He goes meet with the elders and the chief priests. See, when you're connected to the Lord, he's going to always show you things that's coming your way. So by the time Judas went out there, he conspired with him. He went with him. He talked to him. And then he came back. And as they were coming up, he said these words, the one that I kiss, that's him. So he walked up to him and kissed him. Jesus said, you betray me with a kiss. In other words, with a favorable greeting, you deliver me up to die. Amen. So now that they arrested him, when they were coming to arrest him, the chief priest, they sent men out to grab Jesus. Peter was right there, still with that murder in his heart. He had murder in his heart, y'all. At this point, he had been walking with the Lord three years and still wanted to cut somebody's head off. Do I have a witness in here? Anybody still on their way to the mark trying to get there? You ever wanted to just swing on somebody? Christian, since you've been saved? See, I'm trying to preach to a real church. I'm not trying to preach to people that are, God, take them right now if they're ready. Because I don't want to preach to them. I don't need to. When I get to heaven, I'm preaching over. I ain't preaching up there. I'm trying to preach to some people that still need to be perfected. If you know that's you. You wanted to sneak somebody since you had the Holy Ghost. That's when you're walking like LJ. That's when you're walking by the name your parents gave you, not what Christ called you. And you got to be humble enough to admit that. <laughs> so, but now let me show you the beauty in this passage. Look at the beauty. <laughs> Look at the beauty. Look at the beauty. <laughs> Peter pulled this sword out. He swung at the guy to decapitate him. Like let us, he wasn't swinging. Who swings a sword just trying to get a ear? That's not what we're doing here. He swung, and the only reason the head didn't come off is because he turned. And when he turned, the sword caught the ear. The ear fell to the ground. Jesus looked at Simon, because that was Simon right there. He say, Simon, if you live by the sword, you're going to die by it. See, you got to be willing to take rebukes that come from the Lord. Yeah, you aren't going to be great. Yeah, you aren't going to be mighty. But if you can't be corrected, you will never get there. You're going to turn into a person that has a form of godliness, but the power won't be in your life. The only way you can keep the power of God flowing in you is when God sends correction and you receive it. If not, you evolve into a hypocrite. Your title can stay there. Your length of time on the church roll can stay there. But try to cast out a devil. Then that's when you'll find out where you are. You've got to be a person 
that's willing to acknowledge. I was like Simon today. I wasn't in that Peter mode. Today I had a Simon moment. And then when the Lord comes to you, when you had that Simon moment, say, God, I thank you. Now, this was three years after the other event. See, that's what makes people get turned into uh, uh, hypocritical Christians because they let their length of time be the indication of where they are with God, and that's not always the truth. That's not always the case. Though it's designed to be that way, you are supposed to die daily. There is a projected growth rate from God that you are supposed to progress on, but it doesn't always stay on that schedule. You're steadily growing. You're steadily evolving. You're steadily moving into. And so Jesus took the ear. He healed the man. After he corrected Peter, don't miss this, he covered his sin. See, after he corrected him, he covered him. He didn't cover him without correcting him. He covered him after he said, you can't live like that no more. Now let me clean up your mess. So you can keep pressing. See, I don't want you to get off the course. But I can't let you stay on course and you got murder in your heart. I need to get that murder out of you. And then whoever you damage, I'll go back and, and, and clean it up. I'll cover everything you did if you let me. But we got to deal with this murder. See, God is working on fixing relationships that you damage on your way too. See? And a lot of times, sometimes one of the sad realities of Christians is that sometimes on our way to, we do misrepresent and offend and hurt people from getting in the kingdom. And you got to be humble enough to say, my behavior today may cause my coworker not to come into the kingdom. And you need to say, God, I'm sorry for what I did when I got out of character to show me how I can cover this and make this right. Because I don't want to do anything that's going to keep somebody from getting in the kingdom of God. Give me the wisdom on how to go back and let that person know that heard me slip and cuss that you know what? Yeah, you heard me slip and cuss. I can own up to it. I'm not supposed to be like that. I am a Christian and Christ still with me and he's going to forgive me. But I'm sorry you saw me in the moment of my flesh. The church got to be humble enough to go back and clean some of the damage up. Because whether you like it or not, there were people watching Peter cut this man's ear off. And there were people saying, I thought he was. He got murderers in this circle? What kind of Christ? What kind of. You know how I can prove that? When he sat down with sinners, they say, what kind of master you have? He's sitting down eating with sinners. See? So sometimes the world may see you in that Simon moment. But don't let the enemy make you feel so bad until you stop the journey. The devil's slick, man. 
He'll make you feel like you can never preach again because somebody saw you in a Simon moment. The devil is a lie. Just go ahead on and clean the mess up and go ahead on and make it right and get back to preaching. <laughs> when? As soon as you fix it. And now, if you do everything you can do, you can't, all you can do is, hey, make it right and move on. But then when you start getting hesitant and reluctant, now you are letting the enemy make you feel like you're not worthy to become that stone. The devil is a lie. You're still on your way to becoming a stone, but you got to stay on the path to becoming a stone. Yes, you still can become that stone. Why y'all making me preach so hard today? It was 60-something on the third, and I'm sweating. See, y'all? When you, when you, man, we talking about pressing, man. Feel like I'm in a game sometimes when I'm pre- Because I understand how intense the spirit world is. And Paul was trying to communicate to the Philippians. If you're not willing to press, you're not going to stay on the path of the high calling of God that's in Christ Jesus. In other words, you'll never become your identity in Christ if you're not willing to press toward it. Even after you get rebuked, you got to press through the guilt. How many of y'all lost your drive like Bertrand said? You ever lost your drive? That's your press. Sometimes you'll lose that pressing. God said he's going to deposit a pressing in your spirit today. That's supernatural. That comes from the Holy Ghost. A mind like this. Do you want to know what the pressing mind looks like? I'm persuaded that neither death nor life, powers, principalities, things I'm facing right now, things to come, nothing shall be able to separate me from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. That passage is a manifestation of a mindset that's pressing no matter what they encounter. When you made up in your mind to press, then you can speak like that. I don't care what I'm faced, nothing is knocking me off course. I'm forgetting what's behind me. Forget that rebuke is over. Forget that mistake is over. Forget that mishap is over. Forget that divorce is over. Forget those things that's behind you. If it's over, put it behind you. That word forget me, we're not thinking about it. We're not talking about it. How can you press toward what's in Christ? Talking about everything back here. No way. No way. Paul said the first indicator of a pressing mindset is the ability to forget what's behind you. Whether it's a good accomplishment or a mishap. Because some people use the good accomplishments as laurels to brag on when the power gone. See, when the power gone, you brag on the past. But when the power fresh, you're looking to the future. What else can we do for the Lord? See, but when the power gone, all you can think about what used to be, what it was, what it's like. Because there's no fresh power. A fresh Holy Ghost is always pulling you to the future. It don't say they that are pulled back by the Holy Ghost. It say they that are led forward by the Holy Ghost. The only mind the Holy Ghost have is forward. 
Somebody say, keep pressing. Somebody say, keep pressing. They that are led forward. Paul say, then the next element of the pressing mindset is, I don't care what come. I don't even know what's going to come. <laughs> Paul say, I don't even know what my trial going to be next week. But when I get to it, it's not stopping me. <laughs> he said, I'm presently dealing with some things. That's not stopping me. And once I get past this, I know some more is coming. But my mind is already made up that when it comes, I'm going to keep on going. That's the present mind. Things present, things to come, height, debt, powers, principality. Then he say, things in heaven or under the earth nor any other creature. Paul said, I don't care what the enemy try to concoct to come at me. I'm already determined in my mind, I'm not going nowhere. Paul said, I got somewhere to be. Paul said, there's a mark that I'm pressing toward. Toward. Somebody say toward. Somebody say forward. Somebody say what's before me. That's all God wants the church to get in their mind. What's coming? That's easier said than done. Because <laughs> some of these things you face don't have you wonder. Paul went through one trial. <laughs> the Bible says he was sailing on a mission. And a storm rose up. And they were laying on the ocean. Holding on to a board. He said, we haven't seen the sun, the moon, or the stars in many days. And I'm still trying to figure out where he was that he didn't see the sun for many days. I'm like, what part of the earth you haven't seen the sun, the moon, or the stars? But man, what kind of trial, what kind of darkness was in your life? But I can hear him saying, weeping may endure for a night. I don't know how long this night going to last. It's been nighttime about 12 days. But the morning is coming. One day, the sun is going to come up again. How did he know? Because he had a mind to press. The angel met him on the ocean. And he said, Paul, not you or any of these men going to be lost. The angel met him on the ocean and say, everything about you is going to be preserved except the ship that's gone. See, some things you're going to suffer loss, but as long as God keep you with breath in your body, keep pressing. If you're breathing, press. Keep pressing. Lord have mercy, Jesus. Try again, I pray. Keep on going. Keep on pressing. Keep on pushing. Hallelujah. So Jesus covered Peter. After he corrected him, he covered him. That's what love does. The Lord will correct you. But he don't want to embarrass you. See, when he come to correct you, that's the Bible say, don't faint when you're rebuked by him. They say, neither despise Sometimes when the God is trying to correct behaviors in our life, we despise it 
But he said, if you are without me correcting you, that's bastards. The bastards mean they don't have a daddy. God said, I'm not the kind of father that'll see my child need some corrective measures in their life. Any what real father won't see a child with a bad behavior and they don't correct it. You're not a father. You just a sperm donor. You just produce the child. But a real father will get there. This says a father pities his children. He watches over them. He protects them. He nurtures them. He cares for them. And when they're doing good, he let them know. But when they're doing bad, hey, let me talk to you. That is a destructive behavior. We need to fix that. Don't despise that. He says every child he receives, he chastens. Chasing is a twofold word. One part is to correct through discipline. And then another meaning for the word is continual improvement. See, we all just know about this part. And that is a part. But another meaning for chasing, it means continual improvement. Meaning that the Lord is going to see what he can do to continually get you closer to your identity in him. Hallelujah. Anybody being chastened right now by God? Every hand didn't go up. Boy, God got some good children. <laughs> Lord, why I'm up here preaching to all these perfect people? People didn't arrive. I'm up here sweating. <laughs> why I'm up here sweating? My job is to perfect the saints. Everybody already perfected. Could this dismiss them. Preach to you? You being chastened right now? Then you being perfected, praise God. He said, get me right. Preach to me. But it's beautiful because the scripture says that if you are a son, then God will continually do things to cause you to move toward who he has called you to be. And I love it. It's so beautiful because when, whenever the sheep came to Peter, see, revelation again. Peter, when that sheet came to him in Acts chapter 2, there were so many beasts on that sheet. And those beasts represented all types of sins and personalities, all kind of walks of life. It represented, I mean, people that were caught up in adultery, fornication, homosexuality, Oh, I mean, just whatever you can think of, it was represented different nationalities, people from all over the world. But he was trying to show Peter this kingdom that I'm getting ready to establish. Everybody going to come. You don't know what's going to walk through the doors. And he said, Peter, eat that. See, we still on the progression. Peter say. See, that religion was talking to him. See, religion was talking to him. And religion told him, I don't eat that. See, when you can't mingle with other people, when you can't accept people that don't do it like you, that's religion. See, and religion was talking to him. And he said, I don't eat that. The sheet lifted. Then God said, boy, he still got that in his mind. She came down again, showed him the same thing. He heard a voice, Peter, kill it and eat it. Peter said, all they could think about was, we don't eat rabbit, we don't eat crawfish, we don't, we don't mingle with people like that. Jews and Gentiles don't fellowship. No, we don't, no, no, we don't doing that. She went back up. God looked at him and he said, he still don't get it. She came again. Rise and eat. 
he started thinking on it. He's like, God trying to show me something. While he was in the vision, men knocked on the door. Boom, 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 boom. Peter, three men over here, they looking for you. See, even ministers have to develop. See, men of God have to develop. But he still was following the spirit. So he walked in Cornelius' house. He started preaching God's word. While he was preaching the word, he walked in and he said, See, he was battling. And they say, why you call me over here? What, what, what we doing? And they say, we just want God. Can you help us? See, some people going to come. They're not coming for Peter. See, that's why you got to get out of yourself. They're not coming for me. If we lift him up, that's what people coming for. <laughs> They're not coming for you. They're coming for him. And we can't get in the way of people that's coming for him. If so, you're not going to be effective in the kingdom of God. Somebody say they're not coming for you. And Peter just opened his mouth. He started preaching. And while he was preaching, the spirit of God fell the same way it fell in the other chapter. And he Now Peter said, okay, I perceive something. See, along this journey, there's going to be some things you got to just perceive. <laughs> that, when you're moving into new territory, you may not always have a handbook, but you're going to need the Holy Ghost to give you the ability to perceive the hand of God. Because when you're meeting, you, you just got to, okay. Peter say, okay, this God here. So then people came and they would say, well, Peter, what happened? And they say, well, you know you're not supposed to be over there. He say, look, hold on. Let me. He say, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you attack me, let me just tell you what happened. I just went over there and opened my mouth, and they got the same spirit we had. He say, who am I? See, if you can't be humble in this, God can't use you. <laughs> Peter say, who am I to get in the way of what God is doing? But even though he spoke that, you got all the way to the book of Galatians, and he still has some of that in his spirit. Oh, my God. That's why Jesus said, you shall be called a stone. See, he was just following. He was just walking. He was just following. He got over there to the book of Galatians. And when he got over there, he was in Galatians, a Gentile place. And he was eating with them. And then somebody say, James coming. Peter say, who? I wasn't eating with them people. Now, he just had an encounter in Acts chapter 10 where the Lord, he said, I perceive. See, it goes to show you while you're walking, things going to keep falling off of you. But you kind of still did. I mean, it just travels and you got. So Peter took. He said, I wasn't eating with them people. And then when everybody saw him separate, they all jumped from the table. And then Barnabas said, well, I ain't eating with him either. <laughs> Paul said, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We got a problem here. You getting ready to take the church off course. He said, we need to deal with this. We need to deal with this. We need to get this under control. <laughs> here you are. 
You walked with the Lord for three years. In Acts chapter 5, Peter was so anointed, his shadow healed people. The Bible say people came from all over just to lay in the street where Peter was walking, just so his shadow could pass by. You think if that's not an anointing, your shadow got power? His shadow had power and he still was racist. He was racist with an anointed shadow. See, he was as powerful as anybody you ever want to lay your eyes on. But he still was racist and God had to deal with it. He walking and they just, people impotent, people crippled, they just throwing him in the street. He just walking. Where you going? I'm going to pray. People jumping up here. Still don't want to eat with the, the, the Galatians. Paul said, Peter, stand up. Can you imagine that? Peter was sitting there. Paul said, stand up, stand up, stand up. He said, you see all of these people that are starting to walk the way you're walking? We need to fix that. We need to get this right because you can take the whole church but not just the Galatians, because Peter's influence was, I mean, Peter wrote to the strangers in Cappadocia. Like, his influence was vast. When he wrote, he said, to the strangers in Cappadocia. Now, I mean, Peter was, I mean, he was, his influence was massive. But thank God for Paul. That's why we need one another. You need people in your life that can help you. <laughs> You need somebody you can be accountable to. <laughs> because even, even with that great shadow, you still need that fix. Because why have a shadow that's healing people and you go to hell? So Paul talked to him and he said, hey. Now let me show you the, what, what, what was so beautiful about Peter. Watch this. Let's go over here to his writing. Let's go over here to his writing. This is what he wrote. 1 Peter 5, 5 and 6. This was from his heart. See, he getting closer to the mark right here in 1 Peter. He getting closer to the mark. And y'all, y'all see how I'm trying to show you the timeline of what it looked like when you're walking to your mark? So you can get there. All right. She probably beat me to it. I figured that. (laughs) I'm up here flipping. (laughs) Likewise, you younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Now, that's a good scripture right there. He said, but let me take this a little further. (laughs) Yeah, all of you need to be accountable to somebody. He said, submit yourself one to another. (laughs) It can... See, it's easy to tell the people that's just coming in God. Well, I've been here a long time. You need to listen to me. But what if you've been around a while and somebody else sees something on you? He said, yeah, everybody in church needs to be subject one to another. Because that, was, that keeps you safe. He said, and be clothed. He said, the only way the church can walk like this 
is if you clothed in humility. Look what he learned. For God fights against the proud. That word resist means fights against. God fights against the proud. But, or and, he gives grace. Grace is the ability to please God. It's the ability to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. It's the power of God. It's the spirit of God. Meaning he strengthens you through the Holy Ghost when you humble. They say, but he resists those that can't submit one to another. Y'all, that's the man that said you are the Christ. That's the man that Shadow Hill people wrote that. But that's the man that preached in Acts chapter 2 and 3,000 souls got added in one day. That's him right now. He wrote that from experience. Because if he didn't take what his brother Paul told him, he wouldn't have wrote that letter. Somebody say keep pressing. Now is he closer to being a stone like that? Of course he is. Look what the scripture said. These are the 12 apostles of the humble creature. Oh, y'all didn't catch that. <laughs> y'all didn't catch that. The scriptures say the apostles of the lamb. That word of means you of the same substance. But that means they walked into their calling because they took upon his substance. He thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but he took upon himself the form of a servant. And when he found himself in fashion like a man, he humbled himself. Peter looked upon him and he humbled himself. They began to take upon the substance of the lamb. And because they became like the lamb, they moved into the identity that the lamb spoke upon them. After he corrected them, he said, if any man would take up his cross and follow me or become as I am, become like me, be humble like me, then if you become like me, you can become what I said you can become. Oh, my God. Somebody give the Lord a hand for me. Somebody say, keep pressing. Somebody say, keep going. Somebody say, don't stop. Don't quit. Come with me. Can I read that last scripture? Y'all stand up. That's a good one. Y'all get that Romans 8 and 36 or 38 somewhere. We're going to read that together. And then we're going to pray and be dismissed. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Romans 8. We're going to read that. Hallelujah. Y'all enjoyed the word today? Amen. The praise and worship. Y'all enjoyed yourself today. Y'all look so wonderful out there today. Amen. As God keeps sending people, y'all believe God for direction. We're going to have to be rolling out of here. We got about 10 more months in here. Bless the Lord. Y'all think we're going to make it? <laughs> God, open doors. Touch hearts. Give us favor. Let your angel go before us. Direct. He already got it ready. He already know where we headed. Amen. He's going to bless us. Amen. He's going to do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all got that Romans 8? Let me see what scripture that is. That's Romans 8. And I think that's 36. Romans 8 and 36. Praise God. 
Okay, go down a little bit. Let's see. Verse. Okay, that's good. Those last three. As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. They say, but nay, but in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come. They say no height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able, or nothing has the ability, nothing strong enough, nothing is capable, no force in the world, no force from hell, no force from anywhere has the power or the ability to separate you from God's love. Nothing. Nothing, no matter what he throw at you, no matter how dirty your life did and how it looks on this path, that's not strong enough to sever you from God's love. Praise God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Hallelujah. Y'all give the Lord a hand clap this morning as we get ready to pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Looked like we had a service a little longer. Oh, not really. Praise God. I don't want us to go without just praying real quick as we get ready to go. I want to invite you up. Amen. And I just want to pray with you. We could pray together real quick. The altars are open. Amen. I just want to pray with you. As we get ready. Amen. Everyone, you're invited. Whoever want to come on up. Amen. And let God strengthen you. Let him save you. Let him pour out his wonderful spirit upon you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Oh, you can just feel it in the atmosphere. Hallelujah. What a beautiful spirit the Holy Ghost is. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Some of you got it in the first prayer. If you did, come help somebody else get it. If God strengthen you when you convert to strengthen your brother. Amen. Pray for somebody else. And if you made the first prayer and you didn't get what you need, I told you we, Jesus wants you to get it too. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, I need my prayer warriors. I need intercessors. Come on, if you have an intercessory spirit, I need you up here praying with me. Amen. Amen. We need intercessors. We need people that know how to pray and go between. We need go between people in the church. We need people that are not afraid to go between. Amen. Because sometimes people can't get it on their own. They need help. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. As we get ready to pray, bow your head. Amen. And believe God right now. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we humble ourselves before you right now, God. We humble ourselves before you right now, Father. Father, we humble ourselves in your presence. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Father. Come on, let us begin to pray with these at the altar. Let us help them. Amen. Whoever is here, let us lay hands and help them. As we call upon God, Father, in the name of Jesus, God, begin to pour out of your spirit. Father, touch everyone that has come to this altar today, God.
God, everyone, oh God, that's coming up here right now, God, put a pressing in their spirit. God, put a strength in their spirit, God. Put a courage in them, God. God, begin to touch them right now. Touch them right now. Touch them right now, God. Lord, God, we need you more than we know, God. We need you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, we need you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. We need you, God. Hallelujah, Lord. We need you, God. Oh, Father God, we need you, God. We need you. Father God, we need you, Father God. We need you, Father God. Father God, we need you, Father God. Look down upon us right now, Father God. And be merciful to us, oh God, hallelujah. Father, pour out of your spirit. Open up the treasures of heaven, God. God, and release the Holy Ghost upon this place. God, we battle all we got. Hallelujah, Lord, and we come into your house for refuge. We come into your house for safety. We come into your house, oh God, for you to help us, oh God. Send the comforter and help us, God. Send the comforter and help us, God. Come on, come on, saints, help me pray, help me pray. Come on, we got people up here that need prayer. Hallelujah. to the altar the father's arms are open come on reach out reach out reach out come on call up on him call up on him call up on him come on come on come on talk to him call up on him come on come on come on come on come on come on hallelujah thank you God that's it sis let it go let it go Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. That's it. Let it flow. 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 Thank you. Come on, God. I want to feel somebody today. Have you come to Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, come on, saints. Come on, come on. Yes.
Remember God, strengthen her right now. Pour out of your spirit. Yes, God. Come on, God, I want to give you that breakthrough you need. Go on and receive. Go on and receive. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Let him do it. Let him do it. Let him do it. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, in the name of Jesus. Bye. 